church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and I'm delighted that you are listening to this podcast today. And I'm even more delighted that we have a special guest today with us, Jay Powell, the senior pastor of the church at the beach in Panama City Beach, Florida. Welcome, Pastor Jay. Hey, thanks, Brother Dennis. Excited to be with you again. What a great weekend in PCB. Right. You know, uh, uh, Pastor Jay, we've just been through the Easter season where we were, we believers are focused on the uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the great gift that God gave us uh, to send his son to forgive us of our sins. And um, and this caused me to begin to think about a lot of things uh, in an interesting kind of way. I've been in a number of social settings recently where uh, there were people in the room that were filled with so much bitterness and hatred toward other people in the room that they did not speak and hadn't spoken to each other in years. Uh, Most commonly, it was uh, ex-spouses who were so hurt by betrayal and abuse sometimes that uh, even though they were professed Christians, they had made it their goal to never, ever again to forgive or speak to that person, and it, it caused me to begin to think about this this whole uh, uh, this whole subject. You know, over in uh, I want to just uh, pause for a second and and uh, focus on a a couple of things over in Ephesians. You know, Ephesians uh, one thirteen and fourteen, uh, and it reads this way. It says, uh, "You were." Also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, you know, the scripture is telling us, you know, that God has, uh, you know, our salvation is the grace of God. And when we professed our faith, uh, we became uh, saved. We became part of his kingdom and in spite of you know in spite of that um, uh, you know we read verses like in Matthew 11 25 and 26 that, uh, I mean not Matthew but Mark Mark 11 25 and 26 where we're told that uh, that we're expected to be a forgiving people and if we don't forgive uh, the father will not forgive us so that's kind of a startling uh contrast isn't it? it it sure is um you know i when i think about forgiveness and i don't know where in a book or uh i'm smart enough to know i'm not smart enough to think of this on my own but uh something that that culturally we we have missed somewhere um and, and of course it has to do with uh christianity as as well um 
even amplified in our faith is that forgiveness is power. And, uh, and so the, the ultimate forgiver, if you will, would be Christ. And, and, uh, the father is allowed, bestowed the power to Christ to judge people. And yet he forgives people. And I, I think somehow, uh, you know, somewhat our fleshly self, somehow Satan playing into it, you know, um, we, we have kind of culturally shifted this to where if you forfeit, forgive people, you you're losing your power. Well, the if you've been wronged, you're the one that has the ability to grant this person uh, restoration and reconciliation with you. And that's, and that's right. a lot of power and a lot of authority. And we, we, we miss that. Um, and so in a lot of counseling with couples uh, or counseling uh, as people, uh, the last time I, I used this thought and, and, and was sharing it with people was uh, some siblings had gotten sideways with each other when uh, their father passed away. They were having right. trouble forgiving. And so I just had to tell our sister in Christ, um, you know, that you're the one with the power in the relationship, but because you're the one that can allow this relationship to get back on right terms, if you'll just forgive. Well, that's right. You know, it, 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 you're right. Exactly. It can be a powerful tool in terms of uh, relationships. And, and I know when uh, people are hurt through divorces and uh, in, in relationships in that there's a, a tendency to uh, be, well, not a tendency, but it's almost normal to be deeply hurt and, uh, and feel like you never want to have anything to do with that person again. In fact, almost a hatred becomes a uh, uh, begins to develop and 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 then you know we see people who uh, uh, become bitter when they've uh, a loved one is lost you know especially a uh, a child in fact you know one of the interesting statistics is uh, the death of a child seems to um, make a major contribution to the divorce rate among people who've lost uh, uh, children and then even last night just last night uh, I was able to talk with a uh, a woman here in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, uh, who is a believer in Jesus and a, a, a friend of many decades had stolen a significant sum of money from her. And she was having a very difficult time um, uh, forgiving her, forgiving that person who betrayed her in, in such a, a personal way. And, you know, we see people who've lost their jobs, you know, been fired by somebody uh, for whatever reason. And and all of a sudden have this. Uh, I'm talking about professed Christians now, people who claim yes. to be followers of Jesus Christ have this bitterness uh, and almost hatred toward the person who had employed them. You know, how could they do this to me? You know. And, and uh, you know that's I we all see it. it. It's so prevalent. If we're not careful, I don't want to speak for you. If I'm not careful, I can feel that way towards others. And um, there are a few things as contrary to the gospel as as carrying out and carrying those types of feelings towards others. Well, right, exactly. And uh, you know, I want to talk in just a few minutes about a couple of scripture verses uh, that that pertain to this. Uh, and, and you know it's 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 interesting to me to look at a lot of the things that uh, this kind of bitterness 
and uh, hatred and, uh, and a state of unforgiveness. Well, you know what it, it what it does to people, even physically. You know, we we there's been a lot of research now about how stress impacts the heart, the human heart, the one that beats in our chest. <laughs> you know, yeah. and the and and how that impacts people in a physical kind of way to carry around that stress. I mean, there there are even uh, some medical studies that suggest things like uh, bulging disc in your back and and muscular skeletal problems uh, are caused by carrying around stress because of what it does to the muscles and how the muscles interact. So there's a lot of really practical reasons as to why we need to to be a forgiving people beyond what. Uh, what I think Christ is is uh, calling us to be, uh, you know, I, I, it just impacts people in, in so many ways. Yes. Um, and, and he knows that, right? He, he, right. he um, Christ, uh, obviously, I, and I'm not even talking about uh, the divine. I, I'm, I'm just talking about uh, the fact that as a man here uh, on earth, he, he understands these things and witnessed these things. And uh, don't be wrong, somehow he was always able to fulfill the will of the Father. I'm, I'm not shortchanging that, but, well, he's seen it. He's witnessed it. And uh, and I think that's why we see in Scripture that, that it grieves God um, it, relationally, most of all. But he also knows how he created us. And he knows that physically— uh, emotionally, everything, it's going to be detrimental. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, I came across something on the internet that was so interesting to me where, uh, the writer was describing this state of unforgiving bitterness as a dungeon, a prison that you can, uh, find yourself in and he said the sides are slippery uh, with resentment a floor of muddy anger stills the feet the stench of betrayal fills the air and stings the eyes a cloud of self-pity blocks the view of the tiny exit above step in and look at the prisoners here the victims are chained to the walls victims of betrayal victims of abuse the dungeon is deep and dark and is beckoning us to enter. You can, if you choose. You've experienced enough hurt. You can choose like many to chain yourself to the hurt, or you can choose like some to put away your hurts before they become hates. Mm. I thought, man, I have run into these people. And, you know, some people find themselves in positions where, where their their bitterness and hatred is aimed at God. Absolutely. Aimed at God. You know. Uh, nothing uh, nothing will do you less good than being than being angry at the uh, controller of the universe. You know, you think about a you know a business a, a good Christian businessman, honest businessman who's working hard at his business. But his business is failing. And he looks down the street at an unbelieving, dishonest businessman whose business is flourishing. And ask that question, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Yeah. 
Now, I, I think that's a fair question. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, God understands that that we have those thoughts and those feelings. I, I, I guess I would just take it to the, the level of he also calls us when we don't understand to not let it steal our joy. Um, and, and I did a little research uh, this term and some education I'm trying to complete. And uh, out of some disciple, out of a, a list of you might have done this assignment, too, in your past, but had the list marks our characteristics of disciples of Christ. And um, so I ended that list with joy. That, that a disciple of Christ, I'm not talking about being happy all the time, like a, you're a little kid at a birthday party. I'm talking about this joy from within. And uh, because I, I, I kind of sense that maybe as Christians today, we're so worried about, um, and these things are bad, but we're so worried about all kinds of things that we've lost our joy. And uh, I think that Paul repeatedly, Christ, they, they're telling us, do not lose your joy. That, that is something that, that the Holy Spirit has given you as, as a fruit, as a follower of Christ. And, boy, it should just be coming through no matter what your circumstances are. I think, I think you've, uh, you know, you zeroed right in on what I think is one of the core promises uh, of the gospel. And that is uh, this joy, this uh, this. Uh, the joy that we can't even completely understand that's beyond all human understanding in the worst of our circumstances. And, um, you know, I have been with people who are in some of the most dire circumstances who I've gone to minister to and find them holding my hand, praying for me and expressing the wonderful joy that God has given them in their circumstances. And I'm thinking, I came here to minister, and I'm being ministered to. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, there's so many things. I don't know that you can go through this life without encountering some serious uh, hurt, you know some setbacks, some things that hurt you, maybe by loved ones. You know, I've had, you know, I've had men and women come and talk to me about their estranged children, uh, where they felt like they had been good Christian parents and, and had done everything that God had commanded them to do as parents and as believers. And, um, their children had chosen a lifestyle that was, and, the antithesis to Christianity and this estrangement occurred and, and begin to grieve over that and, uh, and fight against, you know, bitterness, uh, uh, bitterness toward God. You know, how, how did you uh, allow this to happen? And, and, and then there are those horrible circumstances, uh, you know, uh, a few years ago, I, I met a biker at one of these big motorcycle events uh, <clears throat> who was literally cursing God and uh, cursing Christians and uh, just filled with what appeared to be hatred toward God. And as I got a chance to talk to him, he was a young man in his early 20s, and his mother and father were meth addicts who had abused him throughout his childhood uh, 
literally beat him up. He described an occasion where his father was shooting a gun at him just to watch him flinch. Um, and uh, a horrible, horrible childhood. And and uh, his parents were just complete uh, drug addict, atheist. And, uh, and he, you know, he obvious it was obvious to me that he believed that there was a God, but he hated him. He hated him and anybody who said there was a Christian because of the circumstances that he was forced to live. But I'm, I'm happy to say this young man eventually got to the point where he recognized that in spite of his circumstances, God, Jesus, had been with him every mm. step of the way. That's great. Yeah, it's a great story, but but think about how many people there are out there who are coming out of these kind of circumstances, and and the most difficult ones that I've ever dealt with are the victims of child sex abuse. Um, many of these people are so hurt, so permanently hurt that they turn to substance abuse and other things as the solution. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they can't forgive. They, they, it's, I mean, they're, you know, many of them need professional counseling to, to work through all of that. It's a, it's a difficult time. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is there's so many things in life that are going to impact us. And, yes, I think all of us may have that temporary state where we're hurt and we're unforgiving, even though we're believers and Christians. The ones that I am concerned about are those professed Christians who choose to stay in that unforgiving spirit permanently by their choice. Yes, that's I, I am. I am with you. I, I deal with it. Uh, um, I'd say fairly often. I even deal with it in, in my own family, um, and, and it's. You know, I sometimes want to stop shy now of, of saying to people, hey, look, I, I know this is a huge deal to you. Now, when, when you were talking about I need to say this, uh, when you're talking about people who suffered from sexual abuses of children, I'm not talking about that, that group of the, the, that group of people. But a lot of times the people that have chosen to not forgive and they're, they're carrying this around, I, I oftentimes want to look at them and say, you understand from everybody else's perspective, this is not that bad. Um, the, you know, because what, what ends up coming, you know, to my desk most of the time is unforgiveness and just a choice to be vengeful even over. Usually it's inheritance. Usually it's uh, it, um, things like uh, disputes with your neighbor over, you know, <laughs> silly things. They mowed, mowed two more lines over to my uh, my grass that's, you know, half an inch shorter than it should be, uh, things that petty. And, uh, you know, you just, you don't want to be mean to people, but you should be like, grow up and, and let's move past this. Now I do want to touch something. You, you said something I think is very important for the, for the people that have experienced, um, sexual abuse as children, you brought up professional counseling and in my ministry, whenever someone comes in and shares that with me, then I immediately, I'm willing to keep speaking with people, but but I immediately admit to them that and, and ask them, can we move you on to a licensed professional counselor? And we're fortunate right. enough here at our church to have that in-house. Um, but 
that's that is an awful thing. It is so unfair to children, and uh, someone can be doing very very well at coping and moving past and forgiving in that situation. Um, but then all of a sudden, man, just one little line or something that's seen on TV can just take somebody right back to that moment that they experienced that abuse. And it's, um, man, it's just really sad and awful that that's happened to so many children uh, around the world, but even in, in the United States. And I've noticed in forgiveness of that for people that have been abused, they actually can somehow oftentimes come to grips and forgive the person that abused them. They, but they have this even greater problem forgiving the people that should have known it was happening or maybe even right. did know it was happening. Right. And right. they can understand, okay, somebody was sick and messed up and they did me wrong. Okay. I might can forgive them, but these other people were not sick and they should have stepped in and should have stopped right. this from happening. Right. Yes. I've seen that too, especially, uh, you know, especially when there seems to be a, a spouse or a girlfriend around who, uh, who knew what was going on and never intervened. And, uh, that, that's a very difficult thing, um, for a young person, uh, to deal with, uh, even as they grow older and become adults. That's a, that's a group of people that certainly have, uh, uh, special needs. You know, uh, it just seems to me that uh, when you're holding a grudge against another person as a, uh, as a believer, uh, this really begins to uh, interfere with your relationship with Jesus. It's like, how can you hold this grudge against another person when you look at what Jesus has done for you? You know, it almost it, it just is, seems to break down the whole relationship uh, with the Father. Yes, um, we, we we covered that, and, and that's getting back, and I, I think to Mark chapter eleven, finishing up that chapter in verses twenty five and twenty six. Uh, we covered that recently here at the church at the beach. It I, I won't go as far as to say someone uh, cannot have you know salvation, cannot be saved. Uh, at the same time, um, without forgiveness, if you're not forgiving your brothers and sisters that wrong you, then it would be very hard for me to think that your relationship with Christ is where it's supposed to be. And uh, so I don't know that it's a salvific issue, but I do think it's a relationship issue if you're unwilling to forgive. Yeah, I'm kind of like you. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh Ministers with the kind of church tradition backgrounds that you and I have, uh, uh, we we philosophically latch on to this theological position that once saved, always saved. Nothing can take away your salvation, uh, etc. But but then we you know we have some we have some verses in the Bible when we're talking about this forgiveness issue that that ought to speak to us. I mean. You know, in in First John uh, two nine, it it says anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. In other words, anyone who claims to be saved and hates their brother and sister is not in the light. 
Now, that's what the scripture says. I mean, you and I are struggling with this as two pastors saying, you know, a person who's saved is saved. If they, they, if they profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior and uh, have professed to follow him, nothing can take that away. Nothing can take that away. But now we have the scripture telling us, wait a minute, <laughs> you can't hate your brother and sister and be in the light. So it raises some serious questions for people who profess to be Christians. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right that it does. Now, when we when we start looking to audiences of um, these letters and some things like that, it, it maybe gives us a, a little bit different thing. But here, here's the, the truth of the matter is exactly what you're saying. We, we have we have Christians that they want to go to heaven instead of hell, but they don't want however long they have here on earth to be who Christ has called them to be. And, and I, and I just don't think that it works that way. He, if he gives you a new heart, you put faith in Christ. If you've been born again, then you are going to grow progressively in this, uh, in this life to where you become more and more like Christ and more and more glorifying to him. And if you're not forgiving people, then that is definitely an immediate show of, hey, he's not really in you. You know, and and over in that, that same book, First John, there's an even more uh, uh, troubling verse, uh, I think, in First John 4, 20. It reads like this, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. <laughs> yeah, and so and it goes on to say, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God who they have not seen. So you know, to me, it's an even more troubling uh, thing. You know, the scripture is basically telling us, I think, that if someone chooses to be permanently in a state of hatred, of their brother and sister, and they were lying when they made that profession of faith. Very, that should be that should be troubling to all of us. The um, it, it would be very interesting to uh, um, to go and and it would be one thing to preach that from the pulpit, but it would be another thing when people come into your office. And and, oh. and they're they're going through this and to look them in the in the face and say, well, you know, you've been a church member for 20 years and we're friends and I like you, but I just want you to know the uh, you're lost as a goose because you're not forgiving. <laughs> and this is what the scriptures say. So before we continue to talk, you need to put faith in Jesus. Well, you know, uh, it raises some interesting questions for us as pastors when we are counseling people about their unforgiving nature and their bitterness and so forth. And it maybe, uh, you know, creates the opportunity for us to get uh, people back on track. And, and so, uh, you know, you say, well, when you're in that situation, what do we tell people about curing their hatred, curing their, their business? That person who's been in your church for a long time or who's professed to be a Christian for a long time. And, um, uh, you know, that scripture that uh, talks about uh, uh, getting that, uh, that 
that speck out of your own eye before you <laughs> before mm. you focus on somebody else. That's really, I think, uh, the pathway to getting over bitterness is to looking at your own shortfalls, your own weaknesses, your own sins, uh, your own humanity, uh, and realizing that that person who maybe you're harnessing bitterness is no worse than you yourself. It's a humbling thought, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. When we were, when, when you were talking about forgiveness and all kinds of things were um, running through my mind, um, that thought, something similar to that thought came through my mind, which also took me to, uh, I forget, you know, who, who I've heard say this, but in all reality, because of our own sinfulness, we should see ourselves as being closer to Jeffrey Dahmer than we are to being like Christ. As right. far as our fleshly, unsaved, yeah. sinful self. That's uh, right. You know, and, and that's that's a humbling thought. And it should check us real quick on being all holier than thou compared to whoever you know made us mad. Yeah. Well, for. Pastor Jay, it's been a pleasure having you on here this morning, as always, and uh, uh, sharing your thoughts about the, today, this topic of being a forgiving people as Christians. This has been, a, uh, I think, a very insightful uh, time that we've spent together, you know, and as you were suggesting in your, your comments that you've been, hey, the scripture tells us very plainly that we're all sinners. We're, we've all fallen short, every one of us, no exceptions. And, uh, and if we take a look at that, that really begins to, uh, to lay the groundwork, I think, for overcoming an unforgiving spirit. I'd like to today to say to our listeners, if you're out there today and you're listening to us and you're dealing with bitterness and you're dealing with the, uh, the, the problems of, uh, of an unforgiving spirit, I would ask you to join me in this prayer as we uh, in this uh, uh, podcast. So, Pastor Jay, if you'll join me in this prayer uh, for our listeners Pray this with us. Prince of Peace, thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. Uh, today we come before you uh, because we're experiencing anger and resentment, and we ask you to bless us with perfect peace. Remove annoyance and animosity from our lives and replace it with steadfast trust in you. Fill our hearts with compassion and instead of conflict, humility, instead of hatred, and faith, instead of fury. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be above all the earth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jay, thank you for being on the podcast, and I look forward to having you again in the future. May God bless you and all of our listeners. Yeah, thanks, brother.